So we are continuing our journey through the Shar Habitachin from Rabbeinu Bechaya, and we are going through a lengthy chapter. Peirik Dalad is applying real Bitachin in all parts of our lives. He began by dividing our lives into seven portions, beginning with one, one's health, one's parnasa. I know that we spent many weeks speaking about making a living, but I'm just going to close the Parnasa issue. Um, and then we're going to today move on. We're all in the fourth chapter, but we're going to move on into the third category, which is how to begin relating to others. And how does Bitochen, um inspire us to have a healthier relationship with other people, whether we lack relationships or whether we are in a relationship or in relationships, as we'll get there in a moment. What the Rabbeinu Bahaya does towards the end of the Parnasa topic is giving us what you can call a lot of self-talk. You know, it's, what should I tell myself? He's saying, what a person should say to themselves in their hearts. And self-talk means just that, means that if I'm undergoing, God forbid, a parnasa issue, there is how I apply bitachem to myself, and not how I advise you, or how I view you, or how I feel for you, if the you is the one undergoing that challenge. Like, for example, when he begins saying, he, at the end, he, he summarizes, if a person does, is, is not making a living, meaning they're not covering what they understand to be their basic life expenses. So the person should tell oneself that the world is not random. The world is not hefkir. That what's happening to me is directly happening because of God. And God is good. And even though I don't see the goodness, I don't experience it as goodness, but I have bitachin that it is for my good. Self-talk doesn't mean talking to others. So if we were to see our fellow Jews suffering with Parnassah, it would be extremely cruel to tell that to another person, even if it's the truth. Our reaction towards the suffering of the others is not the topic of Shara Bitochen right now. I just want to make that clear, even though we keep on repeating it, but that's where many people um, fall into this trap, God forbid. Then he speaks about people who are barely making it, or they're making enough. They're only making what they need for today. It's called in English, living from paycheck to paycheck. So the self-talk here isn't that, well, it's for your good, even though you don't get it. No, no, no. It's a whole different self-talk. That Rabbeinu Bachai is telling a person, remember how you came into this world. And when a child comes into the world, is their parnasa stored in a fridge? No, it's not. It doesn't write these words. The child has what they need for that meal. The food that they need for the next meal it was not even created by the mother yet. And that's the way things should really be. As we spoke last week, that this need of having surplus, this need, it's good to have it, and if God gives it to you, good. But the need of having what you need for tomorrow is substituting bitachin in God. So when a person is making an effort, and may you earn a billion dollars, amen. But if you're earning what you need only for this month, and you're living from paycheck to paycheck, don't even view this as it's for my greater good. That's really the way the world is. Look at nature, and that's the way it works in nature. 
You have now what you need now. What you need for tomorrow will be resolved tomorrow and not today. Only a person who lacks bitachin has the need to be in the control of having beyond what my immediate need is. How true is that? And in that context, he expands it by, again, self-talking. Many people make a parnasa through a certain, you know, through a certain channel. I'm saying that some people have 20 channels. They have this business and that business. Most people, at least the people that I know, they have one primary source of income. And every source of income comes with benefits and comes with challenges, right? Your boss is a very difficult person or their work environment is not ideal. So the Rabbeinu Bahaya writes that we have to have bitachin, just like going back to a baby. A baby comes into the world, but you know what? A baby comes into the world by his or her father and mother. A child comes into the world through a specific channel. We don't have two parents. We don't have two, two fathers, two mothers. We don't have a hundred. We have our set of parents. And even though we're living in a culture that everyone is krechzing and, and showing how nebach because of their parents, all of their traumas is because of the dysfunction of the parents. Okay, um, maybe there's a time, there is a time and place for that to become more aware of that. But however, is that Hashem made a human being come into the world dependent on a specific channel. So when the same thing is later mirrored in life, when it comes to parnasa, that's the same emes. That's the way it is. And not to feel frustrated or, oh my God, this is my only source of income. I wish I would have another two sources or five sources. He's not saying not to try, but he's saying that when you look at your reality, if it's less than what you really need, then you have to kick him to be talking that God is doing it for my good. The moment you have what you need, but the circumstances might be limiting, I only have what I need for today, or it's coming from a source, no, that's part of what the plan of God was. Accepting reality in a joyful way and bitachin is very much linked. And it doesn't take away the person's drive to better their circumstances at all, like we mentioned, because we have the responsibility to do that as well. What it will do is, is that when a person has what they need, they're gonna be using more of their time to, to invest in the other areas that are in their life and not to have one sole focus, which is what many younger people do. They are constantly focused only in making a living. And that is where Parnas Bitochen would really upgrade their quality of life. Okay. This is just a recap at the end of the whole Parsha of Parnasa. And we are, whoever's going to use the white booklets, we are on page 148. And I'm just going back in the beginning of chapter 4 that Rabbeinu Bachaya divided all of our lives into seven categories. Health, number one. Parnasa, number two. And now social interactions. Now it's beautiful that he categorizes social interactions into two categories. And the first one is for people that don't have social interactions. There are certain people that experience themselves to have a very lonely existence. So what's the self-talk? How do we get Bitochen to uh, help us understand that reality? In a way that's aligned with the emes of Bitochen, of God being the Balabas. And again, all of this self-talk is, is for self. If someone else is Nebuch lonely, 
and you tell them, go open up Shara Bittachan, go to page 148, and you'll see the greatness of being lowly. That's extremely cruel. I want people to know that nowadays, I interact with some teenagers and younger people, that perhaps this is an epidemic. There's an issue that people, people can be married. People can have parents that are living nearby and have children and have a spouse, and they can experience their life as living alone. So don't understand dealing with loneliness as it used to be. Dealing with loneliness were the people that were taka living alone. Your parents are no longer here. There's no family. They're not married. Nebuch. No, 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 no. <clears throat> loneliness, the inner feeling of loneliness is something that's very, very prevalent today. So but, but if somebody is sick, mental sick, somebody is inheriting from their parents to be lonely, to... I'd be alone, not to want to talk to anybody, not to socialize, not even to their children, not to their spouses. So hold on one second. So just like we had before when it comes to health and when it comes to our parnasa, we spent many weeks going through many pages where he's saying that we have to make our effort in mm-hmm. doing the responsible thing to see to it that we should not be alone. He's speaking about when a person <clears throat> made their effort and right now, they are alone. So what is the self-talk? What is the Yiddish healthy, bitachin-based self-talk which will allow the person to deal with it the way Hashem would prefer for us to deal with it, not contradicting the fact that people should make an effort to be healthy, people should make the effort to make a living, people should make an effort not to be alone. The Torah writes in the beginning that loy toiv, to offer a person to be alone. Doesn't mean, you know, you know, if the people that are singles, they should do the shidduch crisis, that people make all the efforts in the world. And it's not happening yet. That's what we are referring to. Yeah. yeah. So is, is the reason people feel alone today more than in the past, even though they have family around them and everything, is it because the lack of the connection to God? So it's, that's part of it. We're going to learn some of that. But I would say even beyond the lack of the connection to God, People are isolating themselves without awareness. Social media, they probably think that they're connecting with people and they're really not. I would even say even in a marriage. Let's speak about the marriage, right? The, the, the setting that God gifted us to resolve loneliness. When it says in the Chumash, It didn't say it's not good for man to be alone, so I'll give him parents, I'll give him kids. It doesn't say that. The ultimate resolution for loneliness, the Chumash writes, is getting married, which makes a lot of sense because, because let's say, let's speak about a, a child. When the child comes to the scene, they're the third, right? The union exists independent of them. The, the ultimate union can only be between a man and a wife because they were prior to marriage alone and now alone because their parents did not fully resolve their loneliness or their aloneness is a better word because their parents have each other. The parents had each other prior to the coming to the world, even if he's the first child, but you're number three. I think people, people in marriage, it's all emotional based. People are not married to the marriage. They're married to the feeling that they have, if they have it, and when they have it, that feeling that they would like to feel while they are in a relationship. That means that they never really connect. 
You're saying if someone feels lonely and they're married. That's because they're not connected. It's a fact. Mm -hmm. And and that's very common. I think the society um, presents marriage to us in a way where maybe not maliciously, maybe maliciously, um, it's almost impossible to connect if the, you know, the Western marriage, I, I fell in love and I got married. That will make sure that they'll never connect. It's, it's impossible to connect if these words will be used. Because then you're married to the feeling. It's like, it used to be, right? Clear, the Western world, they got it. If I'm marrying you because of your money, then I'll still feel lonely in the marriage. Because I'm not married to you. You're the necessary uh, means of getting what I married to, which is your money. Which also means that if you'll run out of money, why would I stay married to you? I was never married to you. I only married you for your money. What am I trying to connect with? So we're living in a society that promoted the, the, the love. I'm marrying you because I love you. Okay, it's just like marrying for marriage. As long as the feeling of love, which is a selfish feeling, it's a reaction towards a reality. There's a reality and then all feelings, I'm reacting towards it. If my reaction is something that I'll call love, then I'm, then I'm in. I'm married to my feeling of love. Married to me. Of course I'm alone. If this relationship doesn't give me that feeling, then why would I stay married to you? Which I won't. After the marriages are getting dissolved. <clears throat> because we're not marrying to be married. We're not marrying to be married. We're marrying to get a certain feeling. So you're marrying the feeling. If you can get that feeling without marriage, even the better. Save a lot of money and headache. You know, it's, it, it, the whole, the whole, the whole thing is mishuga today. Are you supposed to be married to the marriage? Of course, you're supposed to be married to the marriage. Yeah. If people would love marriage, let's use American words. If people would love marriage, then many more people would get married a lot quicker and they would be married for longer and ironically they would be a lot happier because they would be getting what they want, which is marriage. People don't want marriage. In the Western world, people don't want marriage. They really don't want, they want to have a certain emotional feeling. They're pursuing a feeling and they're pursuing my feeling. I want to feel pleasure. I want to feel love. I want to feel whatever. That that pursuit of feeling has nothing to do with marriage. Actually, anything that I want other than you is getting in the way of me and you. Because I don't want you. I want that. Now, if you are the provider of that, it's like someone providing money. I got married because that spouse is providing money. So I'm not married to the person. I'm marrying or I'm interested. I'm connecting to that which you are giving no, no, the whole yeah, the world, the world is, is going through a, an epidemic, an epidemic of loneliness, because it presented marriage in a very unhealthy way. And we're all paying the price. We buy into it, we think this is what we want, we're, we're not educated properly. Okay, but we're not gonna give a whole marriage class over here. We are already uh, people already, we're chachamim and gadoilam good, we're married for all these years. Uh, people, just a fact. When you see a person, they can be married for one year, they can be married for 50 years, they can be very lonely. And I would say that's the norm. That's sadly the norm. Yes. Well, so that, okay, one second. First of all, I'm not minimizing your loneliness, but let's begin dealing with same ideas, the same ideas that Rabbeinu Bahaya gave before when it comes to a lack of health or lack of 
lack of parnosa, so lack of of a relationship. So he writes very, you know, he writes like this. He says, first of all, <laughs> I'm going to say what he writes: that everyone in this world is only traveling through here. One way of better accepting the sad reality, the painful reality of being alone, is the knowledge that we're not in our, we're not here permanently. We're passing through over here. In other words, when people go through a, a tsar, but they understand that it's a temporary tsar, it doesn't take away the pain, but it minimizes the pain. This is not our final resting place. So if there's a period of time while we're here, and the whole thing is temporary, is that it's a lonely experience. You know, King Solomon had that ring, Gamza Yavor, it's like a Gamza Yavor. Gamza Yavor is not to minimize your pain, and don't tell it to another person. Telling yourself. This too will pass. This too will pass, because the whole world is, is a passing world. There were two great elder Lubavitcher Hasidim. One was a tzaddik from LA called Rabbi Reichik, the Rabbi Reichik Sr., Rabbi Menachem Shmuel David Reichik. He used to travel to raise funds. He was a great fundraiser. A tzaddik of a fundraiser. He was a tzaddik. And he once traveled with a Rabbi Yossi Weinberg, a great Lubavitcher fundraiser. These are two old, hidden with white beards. And they once arrived somewhere, who knows where, and they were only going to be there for one one day. It means they got there at the evening, they're going to be there for one day. So Rabbi Reichik tells Rabbi Weinberg, he was very careful not to spend money unnecessarily. He was a very spiritual. He says, listen, we're only here for one night. They got access to the shul. Let's sleep on a bench in the shul. We're only here for one, temporarily. So Rabbi Weinberg says, what are you kidding? The whole Olam Haza is temporary. So either we should always sleep on a bench in a shul, but if you're trying to get comfortable, so then for one night also get comfortable. That was his logic. He went to a hotel and Rabbi Reichik stayed on the bench. No, certain people, they deal, it's difficult, it's temporary. But then he writes like this, he writes beautiful words, again, we're not saying that people should not make the effort to get out of that state, but he's writing to appreciate the upside of not having any social responsibilities. You see the silver lining when you have, when you are in a relationship that demands of you a lot, you're obligated, right? Your time is not your time. It's not about you. When you are alone, then he speaks about great tzaddikim that would make an effort to remove themselves from society, to go out into the forest and to be alone for a while. So even if that would not be your first choice, but accept this moment now, not going forward. Right now, accept it as try to see the beauty and the benefits (coughs) of being all by yourself, which will allow you to get better connected to God. The long, many pages is for the challenges of being in a relationship. You can't live with it, you can't live without it. You can't live alone, you can't live with other people. Because other people drive you crazy. And if you don't acknowledge that, then you are in denial. Because that's the way it is. Two people are just different. So how do you deal with their proper interactions with other people? I want to focus primarily in today's class on this whole topic. And it's very, very heartwarming. On page 158. And it begins on the following premise. And listen, I'm telling you words that you probably heard, but it's so emis. Everything that he will say will be based on one yesoid. 
that if a person does not have a healthy relationship with God, they will never have a healthy relationship with the other. If a person doesn't have first a healthy relationship with Hashem, then the person will never be able to have a healthy relationship with other people. And he begins to describe, and only the modern world now, you can mamish relate to every single nuance. He's speaking about, in a relationship, you have to be generous. I would say that's one of the foundations of any relationship. You have to be generous. You have to be giving. Now, giving, the outer giving is not the topic of this book. This book is about the duty of the hearts. Chayvah Salavavas is about how should we feel when we're giving. So analyze exactly what are you feeling when you are giving. It doesn't matter what you're giving. If it's a thing, if it's your time. Some people give because they need approval. (coughs) And, and, And they know that they will get a certain amount of approval when they will present themselves a trade-off. I'm giving to you because I need something back from you. And how unhealthy that is. See, most people are addicted to that. Now, put God in the picture. The more, the more God is in my life, I definitely need approval. Every person needs approval. But I'll get that need met from God. I'll get my approval from God which will make my interactions with others healthier. Or on the flip side, again, very common. People should acknowledge it more. Most people, because they lack bitachen, which is that God is the boss and I am reliant on God, I am living in God's world. If there's, God forbid, not enough God in my mind, in my heart, then if God is not in control, then I'm going to be in control. Because why would I want you to be in control? And controlling people, and most of us have that illness, use kindness as the most um, (coughs) manipulative way of controlling others. It's the most dishonest way of controlling. And there's some of that in all of us. The question is to what degree. In other words, I'm doing kindness to you, not because I'm doing kindness to you, because I want to control you. Oh, the word that keeps coming into my brain is agenda. You have an agenda. It's something that is self-serving to you. It's all self-serving. I'm going back to loneliness. It's all self-serving. Because we have many needs. God made us with many needs. And Hashem, if we are in the right relationship with God, we will get all of our needs, needs met with God. That's the way God made it. God is able to fulfill my needs. And the less needy I am, then the purer my interaction with others will be. Because then, indeed, I don't need you. No, no, I'm doing kindness to you because that's what God says. God told us that we should live this world and be generous, give and share. It's pure. And he writes the irony that the more a person gives be'emes, the more they will be respected by others. The more when they will ask from someone to do something, their request will be uh, honored. It works the opposite. And the less genuine, the less emesdic, if our re- interrelationships is, no, I'm getting my need met, whether my need is approval or my need is to control, then it's not going to work. Then deep down, 
I'll never get your approval. Why would you approve someone that's only doing something for approval? It's not truthful. You want to get someone wants to get approval because they're kind. They're not kind. They're not. They're very selfish. You know, there was one of the great sages of, who just passed away. What a loss for the Jewish world, Rabbi Steinzaltz. Or as the Rebbe t- told him to change his family name, Evan Yisrael. He, he was a very pure person. And he had a unique tact of speaking the Emes and getting away with it. And the Emes was very painful. So there was a, a shliach, not in a big town like LA, in a smaller area, who raised tremendous amounts of money and built the most beautiful, like, beyond, beyond. And for the inauguration of their Chabad center, they brought down Rabbi Steinsaltz, Rabbi Evan Yisrael. And he was so idle, and he gets up there, and he understands he's in a smaller community, and the building was like, for New York City, for Rome. And he says, boy, there must be people here that sinned so much, big sinners, which is the upside, which is why such a, from the guilt or the the desire of getting redeemed, look at what came out of this. And it's so true. just didn't make sense. In other words, he began with the premise that it's hard to find people that do good for the good. Very difficult. Most people, almost all people, if they're not people that have real connections with God, they're doing good because agenda. He was doing this based on the premise that they're not even looking for honor because in such a little village, from whom are you getting the honor already? Bistama, you're doing it because, oh, did you sin and you wanted to make good with God, so you gave a lot of tzedakah. And we're not saying it's a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's a great thing. Not the sinning part, the giving of the tzedakah part. But, the, but honesty is needed. It's very honest to be aware, just analyze, just spend the whole week focusing on whoever is married is doing good the whole time because that's what marriage demands. And any, he's saying people helping people, any interrelationship will demand of us to be giving, of us to be generous. It's good to be aware of how <coughs> limited is the real chesed in our giving. We should be humbled by it. Don't be ashamed because we're all on the same boat. But at least to acknowledge that. Because there is an agenda. Because I do want to get to get your uh, approval. I want you to say, wow, look how nice you are. Or look how something you are. I need that. I want that. Why do I need it? Because I'm not getting it. Hashem made us with many needs. And we can get all of these needs met by God. If I have a truer relationship in the in the MS that Hashem is really part of my life and Hashem is the balabayas in my life and everything is being given by God, every time something goes good, I'll credit God. Just like we have been learning from many pages, every time something doesn't go good, then we have to work to accept that it was from God for my good. But if something is taka good, that means God is approving of me. God is thanking me. I'm getting my approval from Hashem. Look at me, I'm healthy. You have a wife, you have a kids, you have family. That's God giving you approval. That's Hashem giving you your needs of your good. So now I don't need your approval. I already have God's approval. Or the need to control. The need to control comes from denying God. The need of control is because people don't accept chaos. Chaos is very frightening. Chaos is very frightening. People have anxiety because it looks like things are out of control. What will happen? What will Putin do? Will he throw a nuclear bomb? Like, the more a person has to be talking, as long as God is running the world, I'm good. Not because God is running the world. My fear is that God will stop running the world. I'm not in control. You're 
are not in control. No human being is in control. That's going back to the beginning. The only control that we have, which is of very great importance, is to the choices that I make. I'm in control of my choices. The results of my choices is completely out of my control. Someone wrote that Putin already decided that he already detonated the nuclear bomb. It didn't go off. Whether it's true or not, he made a choice. He had control over his choice. What happens with your choice is completely under God's control. If I really live with that, so, you know, so then when I'll do kindness to you, it's going to be emes. Because it's not going to be, I'm doing something kind in order to get you to owe me. And now I have a tool of controlling you. Or let me go back to the first part. You're speaking about the pandemic of loneliness. I think people are very alone today is because there's very little chesed shalemis. Of course, deep down, I will feel alone. Even if everyone around me is being very kind to me. Because none of that kindness is to me. Is they're trying to achieve something for them. And the kindness to me is the price that they are paying in order for them to get what they need. So they did something for them. As what we are doing is for us. It comes together. So people feel very much alone. And you, they can't explain it to you. But that's the emiss. So therefore, coming back, the better of a relationship we have with God, the more I choose to make God real to me, which is beautiful. It, it, it's very helpful. You get up in the morning, we daven. It's a beautiful thing. We take it for granted. It's beautiful. Moida'ani. For the men, it's not moida'ani. In the beginning, you spend an hour in shul. If you're lucky, you make a choice. Learn. It's different. You're doing the best you could in Golas to make God more real. There's a God in the world. I'm talking to God. God is going to provide my needs. Now when you're going into the world, I'm a chaya. You're free. You're not needy. And God commanded me, Abbas Yisrael. God commanded, part of I am here is to do kindness. That person who does kindness is beautiful. Take away the relationship with God. You're taking away the real uh, kindness that exists, that should exist between people. Making it almost impossible for a person to do something, the M is because I need something from you. Right? That's why the Hazal said, what's the chesed shalemis? Burying the dead. Because you know he's not going to give anything back to you. Hmm. But even when you do that, you want to get an approval, wow, that guy belongs to the Chavre Kaddisha, you still, you st- you ruin it. Or I guess I'm going to get a thank you from the family member. Nothing wrong with that. Because when I am serving God, I am not eluding myself that I'm doing kindness to Him. Yeah. I'm very honest. I'm very honest with God. I'm telling God, listen, God, you 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 want me to keep the mitzvahs. You have needs from me. I have needs from you. It's very clear. That's exactly what we talked about. Not having I understand that, but at least between me and God, God can tolerate me. Let me see, let me word it differently. God is not going to be manipulated by me. It's like a child trying to control their parents. There is a love between the parent and the child regardless. Between people, it's more sheket. God knows my emes. And I know that God knows my emes. So let, me, let me word it that way. So I'm not fooling God. Maybe I'm fooling myself with other people. I think I'm fooling. I don't. Even, I'm not even aware of it. And he goes through other many, a lot of beautiful nuances about how not pure is our kindness to others because we have needs that we need to be met. And there's nothing wrong. Let's go back to Bitochen. What did he say in the beginning of Bitochen? I think it was in the second chapter. Bitochen means that I have needs. 
who will be providing it for me? There is only one provider of my needs, which is God. So when I'm boiteach b'ashem, that I have needs, God, I'm hungry, and you're going to provide my needs, it's true. God is providing me with my needs. When I'm going into a business meeting, and I'm making a presentation, that person is not providing me with my needs. Even if he says yes, and he closes the deal, I'm going to thank God. And he goes here again, until I have to thank him also, because he made a choice. I'm thanking him for his choice. There's another concept that God does good through good people. So if you are the person through whom I'm receiving good, my acknowledgement to you is not because you gave me the good. God gave me the good. But this is a proof to me that you are a good person. I'm giving you cover because God does good things through good people. That means you're a good person. I'm getting something good from God, but God is giving it to me through you. I acknowledge you for that. But you told us that the, the, the indication of bitachon is when you are calm in face of a challenge, in space of something. So if you're calm, that means you tell Hashem, I trust with what you're doing. I don't need to worry about it. So it's not a kind of relationship. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about worry. I'm not talking about worry. A person is hungry, not worry. Who is the who is the provider of their food? God. That's the emes. So if I acknowledge that, if I know that God is the provider of my food, then if I'll be kind to you, it won't be because I'm trying to get you to give me my food. Because you are not giving me my food to begin with. My kindness to you will be truthful. It will be an act of kindness. And there will be a much better society than people will feel taka. Wow, they really helped me. They didn't have to. They didn't do it for an agenda. That will take away the loneliness from the world. God being the only provider, Bidiyuk, will allow me to do chesed on a more truthful level. Without me living with the truth that I rely on God for all of my needs, if God is not providing me with my needs, then I'm going to get my needs from people. The moment I need something from you, I'm asking you, how emes is my kindness to you? Not so emes. So you're making a good point. How great is our kindness to God? Also not so emes. I know that. But I, but but it's true that God is my provider. So since God is my provider, when I daven and shmoin esim, baruch aleinu, Hashem alekeinu, I'm saying the truth. I'm acknowledging that my parnasah depends on God. My health depends on God. My health does not depend on the doctor. So if I'm going to give the doctor a gift, I'm not doing it to get out of him something that I need from him because he cannot give me anything. God, God might use him. God might use someone else. People are lonely because they don't have God. Because they really think that their needs are being met by others. People get married for the same thing. They're getting married to get needs met. If you're getting married to get needs met, that is a barrier. You'll never become one. You're marrying your needs. You're getting married to your needs. You're resolving your issue with your needs. You're not getting married to be married. Bakhlal. True? I mean, it's Amos. That's just the way it is. Calling out another person for this is not healthy. You should thank them. Someone does good to you. But you should understand that there is like this unwritten contract that they might be making with you. You should understand that. We know it. On some level, we know that. And that makes relationships very complicated. And the more I know that God is my provider, 
I think the more we would have the ability to walk away from those interactions. We don't have to ascribe, we don't have to sign up to it. Because people that are controlling can only control people that really on some level want to be controlled. We're not blaming the victim. We're not blaming the victim, but as they would say in modern psychology today, that every key has a lock, a lock and a key. When two people are in a relationship, even if one is doing the manipulating and one is getting manipulated, on some level, the one who's getting manipulated agreed and is agreeing, whether they are aware or not aware on some level. And the more bitachan, the more I won't agree. I don't, I, I don't need anything from you, and why would I agree, therefore, to be manipulated? I'm not getting anything. There's no upside for me. People give up. It's worth it to be in this relationship. Oh, he's uh, this or that, or she's that. But it's worth it because if you're not getting anything, if you're in it, you're only in it to give if you're not getting. And the more we are in this world to give, the healthier people we are. And the more and the more there'll be chesed shalemis, which is really oilam chesed yibana. The world without kindness could not exist. And there's very little kindness today. People do a lot of external kindness, but inner kindness is very rare. Inner kindness is l'shem shemaim. <coughs> kindness l'shem shemaim. Kindness to others because God told me to be kind. We we don't even have that many opportunities because we are in our own minds. We constantly see the others as there's something that you're giving me. I'll be nice to my kids. They should let me go to sleep at night. They shouldn't bother me. And everything you're negotiating with your kids, you're negotiating with your parents, you're negotiating with your spouse. You think about it. Every person you're smiling, not the you're smiling because you, you the whole though it's crazy. If you want to look at it through that lens, it's it's scary almost. Well, like there's no chesed, huh? Also with that doesn't matter. It's not, because because God is my provider. See, the problem with negotiating with you is that not only am I not doing kindness, but I'm I'm living in a lie. Anyways, like why would I negotiate with you if you don't have the koyach to sign the check? If you're going to fundraise, go knock on the wealthy man's door. Don't knock on the door of the beggar. That's the sadness. We don't have we don't have what to we don't have. God has. We might be the lucky tools, but it's not <laughs> us. It's not ours. And that's why we we learned before. Even when we give, we're not giving ours. It's an illusion. See, if I'm giving mine, that means you're giving yours. If you're giving yours, then I need you, because I need things. The moment I need you, my whole interaction with you is already corrupted. I have to be a pure tzaddik to need something from you and to do it be'emes. Mrs. Fishman is this. that the weight of the world? You know, I mean, the <laughs> husband supports the wife, the wife takes care of the kids, and everybody, it, it's a recipro- reciprocal arrangement, but he that's sec- needs that's, her that's sec- and she needs him. That's secondary. Why is that secondary? If it's only a reciprocal relationship, then it's inevitable to fail at some point. Right, the children will grow up and... And generally the men, when they get older, they become just grumpy people. They're not contributing anything. <laughs> They're just making noise and bringing in a, the grumpiness. Rashi writes that. And uh, Bob and the house is a brach in the house and there's food and it's, it's uh, happy. Yeah, yeah. If it's only based on recipro- reciprocity, if that's the word, reciprocity, <clears throat> then you're in for big trouble. Or at least... Own it, at least to own it. I'm not saying that we are created to be malachim. I get that. We're not angels. I'm speaking about chesed now. 
is speaking about the concept that God told us to be nice and to give. If I'm giving to get, don't call that giving. It's called that transaction. When I give to Glatmart $500 for the bottle of milk, I'm not doing chesed. I'm making an exchange. I don't know who's the winner, but I'm just, I love Glatmart. I'm saying that, you know, you're, when you buy something, you're not doing chesed. Tell you how I'm going to do chesed. You're not doing chesed. You have something, they have something, and you're, you're, you're making a transaction. It's transactional. Transactional doesn't take away loneliness. You don't feel loved when you go to a supermarket because you transacted with someone else because everyone acted for their benefit. So think about your life. Think about my life. Is there any area in our lives that we don't have that? And he argues, the more I am boteach b'ashem, even if I'm going to have that with God, I know it's not ideal, but at least I'm going to the source. So I'm doing all of my transactions with God. So I got all of my needs covered by God. Now I'm free to do some good in the world. Because I don't need anything from anyone. I need everything from God. So I'm needy with God because God is the mashpia and I'm the makabal. With the rest of the world, I get to be a mashpia. I get to go out there and give something. God gave me so much. Why didn't you share? For God. And also when you share with others and they don't receive it properly, you'll still share with them. Look at the Rebbe. He was like role model that. He had time for everyone. He had time for people that, that were to, to his benefit. And he gave the same time to people that were his to his detriment. That gave him nothing back. Only headaches. Because he was not doing it for him. He was doing it for God. So it sounds like almost cold. No, no, no. Since he was doing it for God, God told him to love every yid. He loved every yid. The opposite. The better he was with God, the more kind he was with others. And the more connected that ever was with others. That was a good role model. Not since the Rebbe doesn't need anything from me, there's no relationship. But then there is an emissary relationship. He's relating with pure chesed. And then you want to relate back with pure chesed. It, it begins a beautiful cycle. Pure. And going back to God, even with God, since God is giving us so much more than we deserve, it's just a matter of time. If I live in that world, I'm going to begin to feel really loved by God. Even, God forbid, people that are suffering. And not to minimize people's pains over here. My life, wow, more than we deserve. I think this is a beautiful thing to live with, just this concept. I was reading about it Sunday. I was saying, oh my God, this is so emis. You know it, you know it. So he goes back, the more betachen in God, that God is my provider, the more kindness I'll do. The less I, I, I accept that God is my only provider, the diminished my chesed will be. Every chesed will be with an agenda because I have a lot of needs. Can you give us a couple of examples that are just pure chesed for people like us? Pure chesed. You give uh, somebody a ride. Uh, you give five dollars to a man at your door. These See, my pro- I, 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 these are I, things because we're going to get it back. I'm not get it back. So first of all, like this, so who, uh, it's about how people are wired. Many people have the merit to enjoy doing a favor. They enjoy it. I enjoy it. So it's tainted. You enjoy ice cream. Is it an act of chesed? No, you like ice cream. Some people they have a geschmack. Now it's a beautiful thing. It's a lot more refined than enjoying a chocolate ice cream. You, you are enjoying helping another person. But at least acknowledge. As much as we are doing it because God said to do it, but I'm getting from it. The more pleasure, let's say, if a yid sits in the morning, just in this context, and they have so much pleasure davening and learning, halavai, 
So they're, they're already good. They, are, they already got their dose of pleasure. Then they give a yid a ride, it's more emistic. They were not needing for that, for that pleasure. Pure. The more our needs are met, the more available we are to be kind. This nakoda. The less of my needs is met from the Eiderstein, then I need my needs met. If it's not God, then it's you, which is not true, but I think it's you. If it's you, the moment I need from you, tainted my interaction with you. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for us, at least also for me, or even worse, fully for me. The moment I got my needs met, goodbye. That's why all the marriages are falling apart, because it was you're marrying to fulfill your need. If it's not fulfilling your need, or if your needs changed, then why would you be married? And they got married for her or for him. It was never that. It was for you. But that loneliness of marriage would never get fulfillment. If I'm kind to my spouse for me, then she'll feel lonely. If I'm kind to her for her, then I really reached out to her. Then she will not feel lonely. And then sooner or later she's going to tell me she feels lonely. And then I'll have to accept the Emma's that I am I'm not there enough for my spouse. I I think I am. Many people say I'm doing I'm doing no you're doing all for yourself. It's all for you. That's the work. The work is to become less self. Selfless is a malach, to be less self. And the more the more I'm living in the world of bitachin, the easier it will be for me. It won't be easy. It'll be easier for me to interact with other people for them. Because I don't need, I fulfill be- that need. Because I'm getting my, my needs fulfilled by the only power that can fulfill my needs, and that's the emes, which is God. Doesn't mean it doesn't come through people, but if I'm focused on God as my provider, as my real provider, no one else can give me what God gives me. No one, it's impossible. It doesn't mean that God is gonna put the scrambled eggs on my plate. I get that. But the more I'm reliant on God, then the more I'm available for others. The more I'm available for others, the more the other will be receiving from me real chesed, real chesed for them. You know, for our kids, also for the children. We're here for our kids. <clears throat> like, may you have nachas from your kids. I think it's said too many times. I think it's a. I think it, it, it's, it's not good. Everyone should have nachas from the kids, but we're not here to get nachas from our kids. How disgusting is that? That's child abuse. I'm not here to get pleasure from my kids. I, I'm here with the merit of providing for my kids. May the kids have nachas from you. That's a bracha. Because all parents mean well, let's go with that premise, but they don't, they don't always do the right thing. What you do is not always well received. So may Hashem bless you that your kid should have nachas from you. That's a brach. You have nachas from the kids is a very selfish brach. It doesn't sound good to me at all. And the worst is when Paman passes away and the other, may they be a male yoshir. It's so disgusting. It's like everything is around you. May they be your men. Maybe may you be there. You should have the merit of doing something for the Ilan Hashmasim. 
But everybody says that. It's terrible. Expression. I know. It's so selfish. <laughs> so selfish. Think about it. No, no. Of course we should have nachas. Nothing wrong with getting nachas from your children. But that's that's the goal. That's what. Wow. The big bracha. Everything. Stop with the selfishness. If my kids are here to give me nachas, then my kids have no parent. They're going to be lonely. If my kids will feel that I, 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 I that I, I, I'm feel honored of being in service to them, my kids won't feel lonely. They'll have a father. Who's serving whom? I'm not talking about the manual tasks. The kid, keep it up, and the kid will make me the coffee. That's okay. So that's it. So that's the conclusion that our kids should have nachas from us and we have we should acknowledge what we need and we should go back to God and deal with God with all of our needs. Do you think we should try to work on our relationship with God so it's once we look at God and see how much He gives us, Yes. we want to give Him not because we want to get, yes. but we want to just because we see how yes, 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 yes. We spoke about it many weeks ago, but in the context of this week, yeah. the more I'm going to take my needs to God, ironically, the more sociable I'll be in a good way. Mm-hmm. Not because I need to control, because I know that I control nothing. I can only control my choices. <laughs> and I'm not needing something from you because you're not my real provider. The less I need for you, the better I can bond with you. Not the other way around. Have no needs from you, then why are we connecting? We're not connecting to provide needs for each other. That's a very uh, selfish connection, and that even in that connection, every everyone is lonely. Connecting to you, hopefully, and you're connecting to me, hopefully. That's a connection, not to the things that you're giving to me. I I need things. Talk to God. Thank you. Rabbi Manus Friedman says very good always. He says if you want love, go to your mother. Speaking to men who are married, you want love? Go to your mother. Your mother will give you love. If you have a healthy... Yeah. Not that a wife should not provide it. It's that, why are we there? I'm not saying what the wife should provide. I'm saying he was speaking this to men. When you go into a relationship and you're going there to give, then you're a good partner to be with. If you're going in there to get, then it's a very selfish person to be with. Correct? That's posh. And since we have needs, acknowledge God is giving me my needs. And if you have an issue, go to God. It manage frees up people. And a lot of the controlling motivation automatically goes out with betachen because it's either you're in control or God is in control. Controlling people don't have God in their lives on a deep level. Mamish. They can say God until the blue and they can dab and shuckle the whole day. They have no God in their lives on a deeper level. God means that God is the one in control and we are in God's world. Now, Hashem should help us to live with this and to try to should rub off on us our epis. Rabbi, I, have a, I didn't understand why. Why would a spouse, why would a spouse feel 